This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Have the voices in your head ever told you you're not good enough, that you need to try harder, or that everything's fine when it's not? If this sounds familiar, keep listening to find out more about Jem Fadling's new book, Hold That Thought, and by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verses 9-23. through 23. Afterward, King Sennacherib of Assyria, while attacking Lachish with all his military might, sent his messengers to Jerusalem. The message was for King Hezekiah of Judah and all the people of Judah who were in Jerusalem. It read, This is what King Sennacherib of Assyria says, Why are you so confident that you remain in Jerusalem while it's under siege? Hezekiah says, The Lord our God will rescue us from the power of the king of Assyria, but he is misleading you, and you will die of hunger and thirst. Hezekiah is the one who eliminated the Lord's high places and altars and then told Judah in Jerusalem, At one altar you must worship and offer sacrifices. Are you not aware of what I and my predecessors have done to all the nations of the surrounding lands? Have the gods of the surrounding lands actually been able to rescue their lands from my power? Who among all the gods of these nations, whom my predecessors annihilated, was able to rescue his people from my power? That your God would be able to rescue you from my power. Now don't let Hezekiah deceive you or mislead you like this. Don't believe him, for no god of any nation or kingdom has been able to rescue his people from my power or the power of my predecessors. So how can your gods rescue you from my power? Sennacherib's servants further insulted the Lord God and his servant Hezekiah. He wrote letters mocking the Lord God of Israel and insulting him with these words. The gods of the surrounding nations could not rescue their people from my power. Neither can Hezekiah's God rescue his people from my power. They called out loudly in the Judahite dialect to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall, trying to scare and terrify them so they could seize the city. They talked about the God of Jerusalem as if he were one of the man-made gods of the nations of the earth. King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, prayed about this and cried out to heaven. The Lord sent a messenger and he wiped out all the soldiers, princes, and officers in the army of the king of Assyria. So Sennacherib returned home humiliated. 
When he entered the temple of his God, some of his own sons struck him down with the sword. The Lord delivered Hezekiah and the residents of Jerusalem from the power of King Sennacherib of Assyria and from all the other nations. He made them secure on every side. Many were bringing presents to the Lord in Jerusalem and precious gifts to King Hezekiah of Judah. From that time on, he was respected by all the nations. Isaiah chapter 37, verses 21 through 38. Isaiah, son of Amos, sent this message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord God of Israel has said. As to what you have prayed to me concerning King Sennacherib of Assyria, this is what the Lord says about him. The virgin daughter Zion despises you. She makes fun of you. Daughter Jerusalem shakes her head after you. Whom have you taunted and hurled insults at? At whom have you shouted and looked so arrogantly? At the Holy One of Israel. Through your messengers, you taunted the Lord. With many chariots, I climbed up the high mountains, the slopes of Lebanon. I cut down its tall cedars and its best evergreens. I invaded its remotest regions, its thickest woods. I dug wells and drank water. With the soles of my feet, I dried up all the rivers of Egypt. Certainly, you must have heard. Long ago, I worked it out. In ancient times, I planned it. And now I am bringing it to pass. The plan is this. Fortified cities will crash into heaps of ruins. Their residents are powerless. They are terrified and ashamed. They are as short-lived as plants in the field or green vegetation. They are as short-lived as grass on the rooftops when it is scorched by the east wind. I know where you live and everything you do. And now you rage against me. Because you rage against me and the uproar you create has reached my ears, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit between your lips, and I will lead you back the way you came. This will be your reminder that I have spoken the truth. This year you will eat what grows wild, and next year what grows on its own. But the year after that you will plant seed and harvest crops. You will plant vines and consume their produce. Those who remain in Judah will take root in the ground and bear fruit. For a remnant will leave Jerusalem. Survivals will come out of Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of Heaven's armies will accomplish this. So this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city, nor will he shoot an arrow here. He will not attack it with his shielded warriors, nor will he build siege works against it. He will go back the way he came. He will not enter this city, says the Lord. I will shield this city and rescue it for the sake of my reputation and because of my promise to David, my servant. The angel of the Lord went out and killed 185,000 troops in the Assyrian camp. When they got up early the next morning, they were all corpses. So King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and went on his way. He went home and stayed in Nineveh. One day, as he was worshiping in the temple of his god, Nishroch, his sons, Adremelech and Sherezer, struck him down with the sword. They ran away to the land of Erat. His son, Isserhadon, replaced him as king. 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 20 through chapter 20, verse 11. Isaiah, son of Amoz, sent his message to Hezekiah. This is what the Lord God of Israel has said. I have heard your prayer concerning King Sennacherib of Assyria. This is what the Lord says about him. The virgin daughter Zion despises you. She makes fun of you. Daughter Jerusalem shakes her head after you. Whom have you taunted and hurled insults at? At whom have you shouted and looked so arrogantly? At the Holy One of Israel. Through your messengers, you taunted the sovereign master. With many chariots, I climbed up the high mountains, the slopes of Lebanon. I cut down its tall cedars, its best evergreens. I invaded its most remote regions, its thickest woods. I dug wells and drank water in foreign lands. 
With the soles of my feet, I dried up all the rivers of Egypt. Certainly, you must have heard. Long ago, I worked it out. In ancient times, I planned it. And now I am bringing it to pass. The plan is this. Fortified cities will crash into heaps of ruins. Their residents are powerless. They are terrified and ashamed. They are as short-lived as plants in the field or green vegetation. They are as short-lived as grass on the rooftops when it is scorched by the east wind. I know where you live and everything you do. Because you rage against me, and the uproar you create has reached my ears. I will put my hook in your nose, and my bridle between your lips, and I will lead you back the way you came. This will be your confirmation that I have spoken the truth. This year you will eat what grows wild, and next year what grows on its own from that. But in the third year you will plant seed and harvest crops. You will plant vines and consume their produce. Those who remain in Judah will take root in the ground and bear fruit. For a remnant will leave Jerusalem. Survivors will come out of Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of heaven's armies will accomplish this. So this is what the Lord has said about the king of Assyria. He will not enter this city, nor will he shoot an arrow here. He will not attack it with his shield-carrying warriors, nor will he build siege works against it. He will go back the way he came. He will not enter this city, says the Lord. I will shield this city and rescue it for the sake of my reputation and because of my promise to David, my servant. That very night, the angel of the Lord went out and killed 185,000 in the Assyrian camp. When they got up early the next morning, there were all the corpses. So King Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and went on his way. He went home and stayed in Nineveh. One day, as he was worshiping in the temple of his god, Nishrach, his sons, Adramelech and Sherezer, struck him down with the sword. They escaped to the land of Erat. His son, Esherhaddon, replaced him as king. Chapter 20. Hezekiah is healed. In those days, Hezekiah was stricken with a terminal illness. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, visited him and told him, This is what the Lord has said. Give your household instructions, for you are about to die. You will not get well. He turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, remember how I have served you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and how I have carried out your will. Then Hezekiah wept bitterly. Isaiah had not yet left the middle courtyard when the Lord's message came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what the Lord God of your ancestor David has said. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Look, I will heal you. The day after tomorrow, you will go up to the Lord's temple. I will add 15 years to your life and rescue you in this city from the king of Assyria. I will shield this city for the sake of my reputation and because of my promise to David, my servant. Isaiah ordered, get a fig cake. So they did as he ordered and placed it on the ulcerated sore, and he recovered. Hezekiah had said to Isaiah, what is the confirming sign that the Lord will heal me and that I will go up to the Lord's temple the day after tomorrow? Isaiah replied, this is your sign from the Lord confirming that the Lord will do what he has said. Do you want the shadow to move ahead 10 steps or to go back 10 steps? Hezekiah answered, it is easy for the shadow to lengthen 10 steps but not for it to go back 10 steps. Isaiah the prophet called out to the Lord, and the Lord made the shadow go back 10 steps on the stairs of Ahaz. New Testament reading. Mark chapter 15, verses 42 through 47. Jesus' burial. Now when evening had already come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, 
a highly regarded member of the council, who was himself looking forward to the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised that he was already dead. He called the centurion and asked him if he had been dead for some time. When Pilate was informed by the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. After Joseph bought a linen cloth and took down the body, he wrapped it in the linen and placed it in a tomb cut out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone across the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Hoseas, saw where the body was placed. Luke chapter 23, verses 50 through 56. Jesus' Burial Now there was a man named Joseph, who was a member of the council, a good and righteous man. He had not consented to their plan in action. He was from the Judean town of Arimathea and was looking forward to the kingdom of God. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in a linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut out of the rock, where no one had yet been buried. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had accompanied Jesus from Galilee followed, and they saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they returned and prepared aromatic spices and perfumes. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. John chapter 19, verses 38 through 42. Jesus' Burial after this, Joseph of Arimathea, a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate if he could remove the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he went and took the body away. Nicodemus, the man who had previously come to Jesus at night, accompanied Joseph, carrying a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about 75 pounds. Then they took Jesus' body and wrapped it with the aromatic spices and strips of linen cloth according to Jewish burial customs. Now at the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden was a new tomb where no one had yet been buried. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they placed Jesus' body there. Matthew chapter 27, verses 57 through 66. Jesus' Burial Now when it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut in the rock. Then he rolled a great stone across the entrance of the tomb and went away. Now Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there, opposite the tomb. The Guard at the Tomb The next day, which is after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees assembled before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that while that deceiver was still alive, he said, After three days I will rise again. So give orders to secure the tomb until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal his body and say to the people, He has been raised from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, Take a guard of soldiers. Go and make it as secure as you can. So they went with the soldiers of the guard and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and righteous God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, O Lord, for your promises. What you said will happen, will indeed come to pass. Your word is true, and your word will not be mocked by anyone. Not the rulers, the temporary rulers and kings and authority of this world, O God. But nothing can get in the way of your plans and promises for your people. 
your plans and promises for the redemption of the world, O God. And so we thank you for this, that while we may find ourselves in uncertainty in many areas of our lives, one thing that we can be certain of is that what you have desired, the promises that you have made, the word that you have given to your servant David, to your people, to your children, your words indeed will come to pass. And God, we thank you for this. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your persistence in fulfilling your good and gracious promises to your people, O Lord. Thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you that you cannot be mocked. And O God, when those who attempt to mock you, who attempt to mock the people of God, who laugh at us saying, who will protect you? Why do you trust in this, Lord? Even when our own negative thoughts say that to us, we are reminded that your word, your ways, and your will will not be mocked. And that you indeed have authority over, you have power over the lies of the enemy, O God. And so we see this in the way that you defeated the king of Assyria who mocked you and mocked your promises to your people, the promises that are directly tied to the redemptive reality that you have brought forth, that we are a part of this very day. You will not and cannot be mocked. And so, oh God, we are mindful that nothing, nothing can stop. Nothing can stop your work of liberation. Nothing can stop your plans of redemption. Nothing can stop the glory that is due you. Nothing can stop the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, which has happened. And all of those who are in him will be resurrected as well. Nothing can stop your plans for our life. And so thank you, God, for this reminder today. That while a stone may be rolled in front of these promises, what you have promised will rise again. And while armies and guards may come to try to block your will for us, you have risen. Nothing, nothing will get in the way of what you have promised for your people. And we thank you for this. We see the power of your promises coming to pass in the resurrection. That not even death, that not even a stone in front of a tomb, not even many guards, Not even the work and evil plans of the religious elite and the government elite could stop you. And not even our doubts, oh God, can stop the promises that you have for your people. So today we entrust ourselves to you more and more. We thank you for your faithfulness towards us. And we thank you for this reminder today in your most holy word. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Competing voices in our heads often push us to act in ways that are both unhelpful and unsustainable. How do we quiet these narratives? More importantly, amid the chatter, how do we hear the voice of God? Jem Fadling helps us identify these competing voices and shows us how they hinder our personal transformation in her new book, Hold That Thought. Drawing on years of spiritual direction, she shares her wisdom of how we make sense of inner voices and settle down enough to find our true voice. When we find it, we can let go of the striving and people-pleasing and rest in the presence of God. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's promo code, T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. 
go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Yeah.